0: to macintosh and mod haven't seen what the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen i'm diana and i'm david and today we start a new series
1: a new series
0: yes we are going to do another director series and we're going with spike lee
1: we've talked about doing spike for a long time
0: we have and it's time
1: (laughs) this man is truly a legend yes the credits we're gonna give for him only scratched the surface of what this man has accomplished in film Mm -hmm. and media, because I don't think I've ever seen a director who had just as much of a cultural impact outside of movies as he did inside of them. Mm -hmm. Look, we've seen a handful of his films. Yes. Including one that might be our favorite heist movie of all time. (laughs) Yeah. And yet... There's also so much more. There's his documentaries that Mm -hmm. he's done. He's done tons of music videos. And he's done, in more recent years, a lot of staged performances he's filmed. Mm -hmm. He is a man who is willing to take on whatever challenge you throw at him. Yeah. (laughs) Always has been, always will be. And it doesn't hurt that he brings such a unique perspective to the screen. And not just in the sense that he's a black director with a very specific eye mm-hmm. but it's that he brings his community to the screen more than anything else oh, his yeah. entire focus of his career has largely been his borough Brooklyn mm-hmm. and he kicks off the series with his first film a film that pretty much touches on exactly that so Diana what is our first movie for this series
0: she's gotta have it
1: the story of a woman and her three lovers. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that is the synopsis.
0: Yeah. Um, I, like To be honest, I, I remembered hearing about this film, but I didn't know what to expect. And it was interesting. This is a fascinating document, for mm-hmm. sure. This is not a
1: great movie. No. Not because of Spike, but because he's dealing with a lot of people who aren't that experienced. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I mean, it's so figuring shit out. Yeah. Even more than Boys in the Hood. Like when we talked about Boys in the Hood for our 1991 Oscar series, it was really fascinating to hear about John Singleton coming to his first ever film Mm -hmm. and seeing how at the beginning of the movie, because he filmed in sequence, you can actually track his progression in his talent as a director.
2: Mm -hmm. And in
1: this, Spike is doing a whole lot with what he has it's just that he doesn't have a whole lot Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the budget for this movie was 175 thousand dollars
0: wow that's which in 1986
1: money is not bad but also not a lot
0: no it's not bad but it is not a lot of money
1: we we've seen some real low budget films from around the same period that came in at at least a couple million Mm -hmm. so for him to only have that much There's a big reason why there's only one scene in color in this movie.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Probably because it was real cheap to do it in black and white. Oh, yeah. His choices are made out of necessity. And yet, that breeds such interesting results.
0: Well, I think that makes so much sense and is really interesting. And I I think this story is better in black and white. I think if it was in color, it would be really distracting.
1: It's really funny how much Woody Allen there is in Spike's Mm -hmm. Directorial vision. Um,
0: I can see that.
1: We've sort of made the declaration we don't want to talk about Woody Allen, mostly because a lot of his stuff you actually have to get into his ickiness to explore his movies. Yeah. It sucks. So we just don't want to do that. But I do find it interesting how he, I mean, first of all, the audacity in 1986 to make a movie about black people that just showed them as people.
0: Oh my goodness. Black people are just people? Whoa. That's some wild shit. Mhm.
1: And to then explore it in a comedic way that is unique and interesting, that's mm-hmm. trying to just sort of take a different angle on things and to play with three stereotypes of macho dudes but in their own fascinating ways. Mhm. And like the the whole idea of uh, the the movie is centered around Nola, but yeah. Nola's not the character we're paying attention to.
0: Mm, not exactly.
1: It's these guys.
0: Well, that's the lens through which we like go talk to these guys,
1: and to put it through her gaze mm-hmm. again, not something dudes did on film. Nope. Like all of this is told from her perspective, mm-hmm. and everything they say is so dripping with not not understanding that. Plus, it's just yes, it is dated. Number one, yes. Has some very significant problems with its attitudes towards women. But on the flip side, you don't feel like the movie is
0: supporting how these guys feel about Nola? No. It's very much like, this is messed up.
1: And the idea of even the title is tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Because the whole perspective is, well, she's a woman, she's got to have it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, Nola's way more complicated than that. <laughs> again it really comes down to i wish he had some better actors
0: it does need better actors but it also needs slightly better writing
1: it needs a better through line and to be fair he got to redo this as a netflix series okay um he did two seasons of that mm. with none other than anthony ramos playing the updated version of his character okay which is an outstanding choice oh yeah I'm not going to go so far as to say it's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will go so far as to say it's a really interesting watch, both as an artifact and also just as a real statement of, look at what I can do with fucking nothing. Now, what? Mm-hmm. imagine what would happen if you gave me some actual money. Yeah. Because, man, some of these shots, I mean, between them lying on the bed or the three of them arguing at the dinner table and then that whole dance sequence, which, yes, goes on for a while, but it's gorgeous.
0: I really want to see him like direct like an actual full-blown musical.
1: He has. He's he done has? a couple.
0: Really? Okay. School Days is a full-blown musical. Is it? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he clearly likes a musical.
1: Oh, he loves musicals. And he's done some film adaptations. Most recently, he did David Byrne's uh, one-man show, American Utopia.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I remember- I remember you talking about that, but I I didn't have any context for it.
1: And he loves musicals. He absolutely does. He loves all movies, which helps a bit. And he references other movies constantly in his work. But I just there's so much going on in the movie. Unfortunately, it just doesn't all really hold together that well. Mm. But uh, when the jokes are funny, the jokes are funny.
0: Yes, and he's funny in it too. Like I know we're not acting yet, but like he as both a writer and a director, uses himself very effectively. And I think that is rare for a writer-director who's also putting themselves in their stuff.
1: This is another thing about Spike. He understands where his strengths lie Mm -hmm. as a storyteller and inserting himself into that story. Mm -hmm. And when it's a good time to put himself in and when it is a good time for him to get the hell out.
0: I I would agree.
1: And granted, his career has been scattershot. Mm -hmm. It, It has been hit or miss over time. In more recent years he's had criticism. Not in the most recent years, but like he had a, a middle period where people were like, I don't know about this stuff, man. Mhm. And I think we'll talk about a, 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 maybe a few of those. But he comes out of the gate really early and he gets where he fits as a character. Mhm. The movie only made
0: $30,000? Okay. But it doesn't surprise me.
1: It had a huge impact on the people who saw it. Okay. Most notably in the trivia, I found that Darren Aronofsky said that this movie is what inspired him to become a director.
0: Really? Okay. That's not nothing.
1: So let's talk first about our writing. And some people are going to drift in and out of the writing scope, but one man is always going to remain. And that is going to be Spike Lee.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Before this, he wrote a... Sort of short, mostly a student project, but it is a full-length called Joe's Bedsty Barbershop, We Cut Heads.
2: <laughs>
1: this, then, is his debut feature film. After this, he writes School Days, Do the Right Thing, Mo' Better Blues, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, Crooklyn, Clockers, He Got Game, Summer of Sam, Bamboozled, She Hate Me, Red Hook Summer, The Sweet Blood of Jesus, Chirac, Black Klansman, She's Gotta Have It for Television, and... To Five Bloods, upcoming, he is working on a musical about the proliferation of Viagra called Boner. Love that. We also, for her opening quotation, give a writing credit to Zora Neal Hurston. Okay. What do we think of Spike's writing for this
0: movie? I love the concept. I really do. The writing could be a little bit better. Like I know there's a vernacular there. There's a He's he's talking uh, like he does in his neighborhood that I'm that's not necessarily for me, but I feel like Nola could have she should have been a little bit more empowered.
1: Yeah, ev- everything about the structure is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's such a great way to flip the lens of this romantic comedy, and again, why it makes a perfect television series. <laughs> like translating this to TV is like, well, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a slam dunk. I just think he he's throwing a lot of ideas and jokes at the wall, but he's not necessarily stringing it all together in a cohesive narrative. Like there's lots of moments, and those moments kind of lead to things, but they also kind of don't. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to figure out sometimes whether he's making a a sort of series of vignettes about the life of a woman, or whether he's actually trying to tell a full narrative arc of her realizing whether or not she actually has power in her sexual life.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I I think it's just a case of too many ideas, not enough structure and narrative. Um,
0: I don't think that's unfair.
1: And also, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. He could he could write Nola better. In fact, in a 2014 interview with the Huffington Post, he said that the one thing he probably regretted most in his career is the rape scene. Mm. It's not great. It's real bad. Nope. And the way he framed it is very bad. And he said, quote, if I was able to have any do-overs, that would be it. It was just totally stupid. I was immature. It made light of rape. And that's the one thing I would take back. I was immature. And I hate that I did not view rape as the vile act that it is, unquote.
0: Well, good for him for having some perspective on it.
1: He had perspective. And he thought in his mind he was maybe saying something profound when he really was like mm, no no buddy mm-hmm. he just sort of trivialized it in a not good way there was a way to make your point here without going to that degree
0: yeah
1: that might just be true of all the characters he pushes the stereotype so hard sometimes that it's like
0: ease up man mm-hmm. <laughs> we get
1: the point yeah but you know it's it's his first time so he's just like throwing everything out Now, while working on the movie, he could not think of a name for his character, so he called his grandmother, Mm. who reminded him of her grandfather named Mars.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, Spike likes to make everything a family affair. That is going to be a common thing that we bring up during the series. He gets everyone in his family involved. I love it. And finally, Mars line, please, baby, please, baby, baby, please, baby, please, was not in the script. (laughs) <laughs> Spike forgot his lines after Please Baby and instead just kept repeating it over and over. Love it. And Apparently, that just became Spike's trademark.
0: Please Baby, pl- just repeating themselves?
1: Just repeating himself constantly. I like it. He's a little annoying pest. It's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, now let us talk about our director. And Yes, this will stay constant the entire time. He does not work with other people. It's Spike Lee. Now, he directed all of the movies we mentioned in his writing. He did a ton of iconic commercials, most notably, like, right after this, he makes the iconic Air Jordan commercial, Playing mm-hmm. Mars. Uh, he did tons of music videos, has done stage shows, and he's done some other films that we'll mention here that he he did not write. Girl 6, Get on the Bus, Four Little Girls, 25th Hour, Inside Man, When the Levees Broke, A Requiem, in Four Acts, Miracle at St. Anna, if God is willing, and Decree don't rise, old boy, and pass over. What do we think of Spike Lee's directing in this movie?
0: I think it's really good, particularly for like a first like time out. Like you can't ignore that, that. Like this is the first time.
1: All of those iconic shots that he does, you're seeing the formation of them here. The close-ups, the breaking the fourth wall to camera, the slow-motion dolly shots. Mm-hmm. And the stationary, we we don't quite get it. We sort of get it with Nola. But there's the the thing he's most famous for is the tracking Dolly with stationary character. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's it's a shot. It's icon. There's tons and tons of them throughout his movies. And when you know it, you see it. But he loves to just plant the camera face front on somebody and just get all of that full front energy from that. Mm hmm. And it's so different than what you're used to in a movie. Yeah. It's very jarring in a good way. And you know, between that and then the choice to make an all-jazz score
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that plays really well, to be honest. It does. Like it might have been a little distracting at first, and then you're like, nah, this fits. This works real well. (laughs) You can see all of that energy coming through in the way he frames shots, put shots together you know, wants to make things to where they're a picture as much as they are people really talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And he's got such a natural eye for that that you can tell as he goes along, he's only going to get better from here.
0: Like, There's nowhere to go but up. And like this isn't bad by any means. And if you want to
1: get any sense of his style, Spike was a student of another favorite of this show. Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's right. Spike learned at NYU under Marty while Marty was teaching. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. This was back when Marty was sort of in movie jail because he couldn't get a hit. Mm. And so he taught at NYU for many years. And there's a number of students who learned under him, but one of the most famous is Spike. Okay. And you can see some of those elements here. I mean, we talked about Cape Fear, about how Marty took all the things he knew from 50s movies Mm -hmm. but injecting it with his own style of like camera movement Spike does a lot of the same things he takes from the movies he already loves Mm -hmm. and then puts his spin on it and it's why he can do something like this and make it really good about an intimate romantic drama and then do a movie like we talk about the inside man
2: which
0: we we adore love inside man like we went into that being like I don't know gonna happen i don't know what this movie is but like it sounds fun
1: but the man can take just a simple heist movie and make it fucking amazing Mm -hmm. because he's got that special something yeah and even in 1986 it's there yep now if you want some other sense of why things don't feel a little disjointed spike shot the movie in 12 days Mm. with absolutely no budget There were no retakes of any scenes.
0: Oh, wow. It had to
1: be the first take.
0: What you see is what you got. Wow.
1: So that, I mean.
0: (laughs) That, like, that's amazing because it ain't, it ain't bad.
1: Especially when you think about stuff like that dance sequence where Mm -hmm. you've got to figure out how you're going to frame that and choreograph it. And you're like, Jesus, you did that one time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's.
1: Things were so tight that when everyone broke for meals, Spike told everyone not to throw away their cans so he could take them, crush them, and turn them in for the recycling money. Pretty good. And due to its sexual content, the film was originally given an X rating.
0: That makes no sense.
1: Spike had to edit the sex scenes to get it down to an R. Okay. I think he got explicit with it. It's pretty. It, it gets pretty intimate for it a does. movie from the 80s.
0: It it does get pretty intimate, but I don't think it's X level.
1: No, and I think what it really is, and this is this is something really fascinating to me, and something I'm like, I want to keep an eye on this. His filming of sex scenes is really interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He goes to this interesting level of it's not pornographic
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it's not just like blatantly hardcore. It's just so intimate and focuses. Not just on the quote unquote naughty bits, but it's mm-hmm. like every part of the body is erotic in a sex scene to him. Hmm. It's really interesting. It's like if he's looking at a kneecap, he's going to make it the sexiest kneecap he can. Okay. I don't know. There's just something about the way he framed it that was like, huh, you're actually like trying to make this really gorgeous and beautiful in this moment. Mm-hmm. And not just have it be, these two people are having sex. Which, I mean, in the 80s, that's all people fucking did. Me fair. All right. Well, now let's, let's talk about our cast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wish I had better things to say about them. We start with Tracy Camilla Johns playing Nola Darling. Uh, this is her debut, but she did very little after this in IMDB credits ways. Mm-hmm. After this, she was in the music video for Tone Look's Wild Thing. She was in Mo' Better Blues, New Jack City, Red Hook Summer, and she shows up as Nola Darling in an episode of the TV show. Mm. What do we think of Tracy Camilla Johns in this movie?
0: She's okay. Is she be is she giving a stellar performance? No, but she's pretty good.
1: I wish she had more takes.
0: True. She's got tough material. She's got to land.
1: And a lot of times it feels like she's when she's dead on to us, it feels like she's having to read off of a card because there's just so much for her to have to just give us straight to the camera. Mm -hmm. As opposed to she's really best when she's just in a scene with other people Mm -hmm. because then she starts to ease into the character more. But that straight on for her just doesn't work quite right. No. And again, I was like, if they only get one shot, I was like, ooh, I maybe wish you had some more takes for her. Yeah, some notes, but you know, and but she is she is very good, and she's gorgeous.
0: She is. She's a beautiful woman. That's all right.
1: We have Tommy Redmond Hicks playing Jamie Overstreet. This is sort of our gentleman mm-hmm. who is, has his own problems with how he sees women. Sure. Uh, before this, he was in Spike's debut, Joe's Bedside Barbershop. After this, Daughters of the Dust, The Five Heartbeats, The Meteor Man, and then did just other small roles. Nothing big of note. What do we think of Tommy Redmond Hicks in this movie? He's pretty good. Um, He doesn't read as green
0: as our actress.
1: Yes and no. He gets a little stagey sometimes for what he's doing. Sure. But I do love the fact that then they undercut all of that with Mars jumping into one of the
0: scenes. Oh, yeah. Mars is great.
1: Which Mars jumping into a monologue is just such a Woody Allen move. Mm-hmm. Of like, hold up! What the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's good. There's just a lot of stiffness. Stiffness is the word.
0: There's an element of stiffness, but like, he didn't. He doesn't come off as like I've never done this before. That's true. I think where his performance is stiff is really more uh, inexperience on Spike's part. Oh yeah, for sure. Because he's like, he clearly understands his role in the movie. He understands like the page, and he's doing it.
1: You know, And the other thing I love about him is, so out of all three of the guys, he's the one who seems to have a shit most together mm-hmm. and at first blush really care about Nola. Okay. And as the movie goes on, you hear him give the lines. And again, from all appearances, he's put together. But the way he delivers the lines, he's so subtle in dropping in the moments where you're like, oh, you don't have a fucking clue, do you? Mm-hmm. It's really good. That's the subtlety that works really well for him. We have John Canada Terrell playing Greer Childs, our super primpy macho man. Mm -hmm. Before this, he was in The Brother from Another Planet. And after this, he was in Mo' Better Blues, The Five Heartbeats, and Boomerang. Mm. What do we think of John Canada Terrell in this movie?
0: He has probably the hardest role. Such a villain. Such a villain. He's good. He's great. Because you have to like him and then you have to hate him. Uh, you have
1: to be, like, affably charmed while also turned off by him. Totally, yeah. Because the thing is, he's super shallow, but he's also not hiding
2: anything. Mm
1: -hmm. It's that weird combo of, like, God, you are awful, but you don't lie about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He he thinks he's God's gift to women, and, you know, to some, maybe he is. I don't know. He's very fun. Who could have been better for this role? Eric
0: LaSalle. Ooh. That's pre-ER Eric LaSalle. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Now, he thought the role was too shallow. Okay. But also, he was ineligible to be in it because he had just gotten his SAG card. Uh Oh, fair. And finally, we have his debut performance, Spike Lee, Mm. as Mars Blackman. Now, he has played a hype man and himself in a lot of things. Mm Mm-hmm. But he does also act in a number of his own films in various roles. So of the things he's been in, where he's playing a character, mm-hmm. this is his debut. After this, he was in School Days, Do the Right Thing, Mo Better Blues, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, Crooklyn, Clockers, Girl 6, Summer of Sam, Red Hook Summer, and She's Gotta Have It, a TV show. Mm. What do we think of Spike in this movie?
0: He's great. So fucking good he's like the sprinkles on the sundae because he's so fun but like he has a real character too which is great the thing i love about
1: spike's acting is that his image is so outlandish that you think he's just gonna be a cartoon Mm -hmm. and then he acts and he's not like mars is a fully fleshed out character Mm -hmm. who's got a perspective and got a point of view and yes he's ridiculous and funny. But he's also very real. Like that whole scene when he sleeps with Nola
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then he's just like, was I good? Did you like me? Did you like me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I know is, again, more Woody Allen, but it's it just placed to that character of like, yeah, this guy you know talks a whole bunch of shit. But in reality, he just wants somebody to tell him they like him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's perfect at that, of writing that line between fake tough and completely vulnerable and it doesn't hurt that Spike's a little guy with kind of bug eyes. Yeah. Like, his look works for it, too, but it's it's just so much like, oh, my God, you are this character.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know that's an element. Like, he's clearly writing characters that he can directly relate to. He's not going to play a character he can't somehow just be himself in. Mm-hmm. But that's smart, <laughs> especially for a writer-director if you want to know how to put yourself in a movie, unless you're fucking Clint Eastwood, who is like the one notable exception I will put. Mm -hmm. If you're going to direct and put yourself in your own movies, make sure the character you're playing is close enough to you that you can do it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's just a level of self-awareness that you have to have. And many times they do not.
1: (laughs) And I like the fact that for for all the shit that I think hollywood over the years has sort of thrown at spike of not being self-aware it's like actually spike might be one of the most self-aware motherfuckers in the whole industry Mm -hmm. it's just that he's not gonna play your game and right away he's showing us that Mm -hmm. mars of course became the breakout character from the film and of course he reprised it for the air jordan 3 commercial with the classic line is it the shoes (laughs) <laughs> Yo, Mars Blackman here with my main man Michael Jordan. Yo, Mike, what makes you the
2: best player in the universe? Is it the vicious stunts? No Mars. Is it the haircut? No Mars. Is it the shoes? No Mars. Is it the extra long shorts? No Mars. It's the shoes in, right? Nah. Is it the short socks? No, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes? Shoes. Shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars.
0: What about the shoes?
2: No, Mars.
0: Money's gotta be the shoes.
1: Uh, We have some Arpons.
0: Friend and people of note.
1: Joy Lee playing Clorinda Bradford. This is Spike's sister. Mm. We're going to be mentioning her quite a few times throughout the series. Um, She's performed in a number of movies and worked alongside him, and when you see her, my God, they look so alike. It's very funny. Esipetha Merkerson, playing Dr. Jameson. Uh, She's an all-time great TV actor from Law & Order and Chicago Med, who also appeared in the movie Lincoln.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Bill Lee, playing Sunny Darling. This is Spike's dad, who also composed the music for all of his original films through Mo Better Blues. Mm Mm-hmm. He shows up a lot. He is a a semi-regarded jazz musician as well, so. Mm-hmm. And his music's fantastic. I just listened to that on repeat. Monty Ross as dog number one. Yes, this is the gentleman who have to say horrible things to Nola.
0: hmm
1: Monty would go to produce a number of Spikes movies through the movie Clockers. Okay. Reginald Hudlin, as dog number four, he went on to do a lot of directing, including the movies House Party, Boomerang, and The Ladies' Man.
0: Okay.
1: Ernest R. Dickerson, as dog number eight, he is Spike's cinematographer through Malcolm X, moving on to direct Juice, Surviving the Game, Bulletproof, and a bunch of television. Hmm. Are you noticing a trend about the people who work with Spike?
0: Yes, you do it forever.
1: Not only do you work with him, you... Find your way into the industry through him. Mm-hmm. And finally, as dog number 10, Fab Five Freddy, one of the original MCs from bed in the very early days of rap music. Very cool. Finally, we have only one piece of trivia. Oh, okay. In the credits, there is one note that said, this film contains no jerry curls and no drugs, unquote. <laughs> okay. I love you, Spike. That's amazing. The man keeps it real 100% yep. all of the time. That leads us to ratings. Yep. And for every movie, we have a specific rating system for this movie. Mm-hmm. Are we going to go cellos that Clorinda is playing? Ooh. That's the first one that came to mind. I don't know. No. Oh, you know what we have to do? Hmm. We have to do the the headboards. The headboard. 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 It's so prominently featured.
0: It is. By the way, the
1: design shit
0: in this movie, fun fucking nominal. It's very cool, especially for such a low budget film. Oh, like, no. it's great. Okay. Had you seen this before?
1: I have not seen this movie before.
0: Okay. Well, I'll go first. I think it's a solid three and a half. Yeah. Like, three and a half. Like, the acting is not stellar, but that doesn't take away from like, this is a good story. It's a very it it is well directed Spike Lee really does make it like his character really does make this movie if you removed him this would be boring as fuck yeah so that's really interesting like now I actually now I really want to go watch the tv show because well I do like Anthony Ramos but I really I liked this so uh, this makes me like really excited for the next thing we're gonna watch
1: no it's three and a half It's solidly well made. There's a lot of unique, interesting stuff going on. It's gorgeous to look at. And it's an hour and a half, Mm -hmm. which for a small little romantic comedy like this really works. And I think, you know, it's not the first movie I would tell anybody to go watch a Spike, but if you've watched a few Spike Lee movies and was like, what should I watch? Be like, you should go watch She's Gotta Have It. Mm -hmm. You just should. It's important. It's a really big moment just in movies. And it's one of the most well-regarded indie movies of all time Mm -hmm. because of what he did with so little. So now let's maybe go see what he did with a whole lot. Because we're going to talk about a movie I definitely have seen next. A movie that pretty much blew my mind when I saw it, and I think changed me as a person. Okay. We're going to watch Do the Right Thing.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. This is one that's like, I know it's a crime. I have not seen it.
1: I just, I feel like I overhyped this movie, but I feel like not overhyping it does an injustice to it, because Mm it's, I I just, I'm hoping it still holds up. That's my only hope here. Mm Mm-hmm from when i saw it the first time and it 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 will leave an impact on you both just as a movie and also in its message
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so i'm excited to do the series just to talk about this fucking movie
0: yeah that's i'm I'm excited yeah (laughs) so until next time
1: have a good movie